Hi, I'm Michael Introvertolo here with Ken Sebahar, and this is a shot of Business Central and a beer. Our monthly podcast help you learn how to best utilize Microsoft's most popular ERP software. In this episode, we're going to be talking about recent Business Central news. We're going to talk about a few 2019 podcast highlights, building custom reports, and we're also going to speak about the clever global search app while we sip and review Trader Joe's Providential Golden Ale. So uh, let's get started. Glad to be here, Michael. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. 2020 is upon us. Yeah. I, uh, I'm recovering from a little bit of a cold. So yeah, I actually had a, a cold for a couple days, too. I'm hoping that maybe the alcohol and the beer will help <laughs> maybe dry up some of these uh, sinuses for me. Did you ring in the New Year with a uh, Roaring Twenties party or anything? Or maybe Barbara Walters saying, this is 2020? No, no. We, <laughs> I, I, I brought in the New Year with a, a, a quiet night at home after a nice dinner. Nice. So That's the way to do it. Well, yeah. I hope you're feeling better. Yep. So today's beer that we got here uh, was provided by our colleague, Elena. Um, like I said, it's Trader Joe's Providential Golden Ale. So... I guess as I take my first sip, I have to confess, I've never had a beer from Trader Joe's before. Have you? Nor have I, and I, 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 was, I did not know they exist. Neither did I. <laughs> and I, I guess it's a sign of the times, right? Uh, we, <laughs> we knew changing. that there's tons of craft beers out there, Yeah. That right? I think there's uh, something like close to 200 uh, craft breweries yeah. in the, just in the Chicago area here. Right. Where we're at, and I don't even think we're one of the one of the largest areas in the United States. Um, so it seems like everyone is brewing beer uh, now, even Trader Joe's. So. Yep. So all right. Well, here's to the first sip of Trader Cheers Joe's to beer. to 2020. To 2020. So this is a Belgian ale that yep. we're drinking, and um, I I did you know look look a little bit ahead at the some of the. Reviews on this because I again I was surprised yeah. Trader Joe's had a beer, and uh, <clears throat> I definitely know why I saw a lot. I saw I saw the word banana a lot. Yes, as did I. And it's the first thing that I tasted. Banana. As soon as I t started drinking it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So I saw some other things where they said that uh, aroma was a bready malt and caramel sweetness. I guess I got a sweetness for the aroma. But yeah, definitely, I don't know about banana peel. Yeah. They were using as to describe it, but banana, yeah. Yeah, um, for, for sure, banana. Um, it actually had a surprisingly high rating on Beer Advocate. It had a rating of 88, or otherwise known as very good. Yeah, I was surprised too. I looked at it, and I, w I was actually getting excited because, you know, I like to read some of the reviews. Yeah. It's always fun uh, going <laughs> through some of those. Uh, and I, I was looking for some really tough comments, <laughs> and I didn't find them. Um, you know, I saw a couple that were maybe not, you know, overwhelmingly supportive, mm -hmm. but most of them said, hey, for the price point, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good, good beer. Yeah, I mean, this beer strikes me as one of those beers where it's a lighter beer. You know, lighter beers generally aren't really, really bad. They're, the other, to me, they're, they're okay or, or really good. I don't think I've ever had a really bad Later beer, I guess Belgian ale or whatever you want. Belgian to call it. style ale, right. golden ale, seven and a half percent alcohol, which is stronger yeah. than I anticipated it was going to be. 
So um, Trader Joe's, from what I understand, currently puts their name on 21 different beers like this. Um, this one is from Unibro Brewery or Unibrow. Unibrow, probably. Yeah, maybe a little French accent or something. But uh, so let me read you a little bit about what they said about this. It says Unibrow Brewery draws inspiration from the great brewing traditions developed over the last two centuries by Trappist monks in Europe, particularly in Belgium. Their beers preserve all their proteins and part of their yeast, making them truly worth savoring. I had no idea that Trappist monks were into beer. Beer? Oh, yeah. I yeah? Think, yeah? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, wine also, I think. Okay. Going back years. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. But, so not too back bad. Hun- hundreds and hundreds of years. Back into, you know, talking like the Middle Ages, 14, 1500s, back in the earliest, uh, early, some of the earliest beers were originally. From Trappist monks? Right. Yeah. Really? Had no idea. What do you think they're doing up in those mountains? All the trying time? to survive. <laughs> yeah, I guess with a smile on their beer. face. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do you think of the beer? Uh, it's it's pretty good. It is it is it's. I get I taste that bready, that breadiness, that kind of that yeast yeastiness to it, yeah. uh, like a golden ale, like I right. would expect. Um, I'm still, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure about this banana Part of it. That gets in my mouth. And I, and I can't even, I feel like I'm not even smelling yeah. very well uh-huh. today. So and I still <laughs> am, am getting a huge banana I think uh, as it flavor. gets more warm, too, we might taste it more. Probably will. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not, it's, not, it's not a bad beer. Not one of my, my favorites, but definitely, definitely not a bad beer. Um, yeah, like you said, the banana part, I guess I'd be on the fence too, especially as it gets more warm. Yeah. Hopefully the flavor so doesn't So we'll, we'll have to see, see how, this, how this goes. But we should mention it's, a, it's like a, a you know, 750 milliliter bottle. Yeah. So it's not like a six pack or regular right. cans. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're uh, larger bottles for a pretty good price point, I think. Yeah, I do not know the price, yeah. but maybe five to... Eight dollars somewhere along that line for the bottle. Right. I think yeah, five ninety nine. Probably. Not so cool. as we sip on these cold banana flavored beers, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we talk about a few of our twenty nine uh, podcast moments or highlights from yeah. that we enjoyed? Yeah. After me take a message. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my, uh, I guess, favorite. Actually, you know, what we can start with. I'm going to start down with a little countdown of our top six most popular segments from 2019 based on views and listens and whatnot. Oh, excellent. So number six was our segment for Business Central on-premise release wave two updates. Okay. Number five was our six favorite Business Central October 2019 wave two features. See a little bit of a uh, correlation here. Number four was our assembly orders versus production orders and manufacturing segment. Number three, Business Central Cloud October 2019 Release Wave 2 updates. Number two, upgrading from NAV to Business Central as told by the customer. And the most popular segment from a shot of Business Central uh, podcast in 2019 was the Business Central October 2019 Wave 2 Release Features Overview, where we talked about the new features coming out and whatnot. So it seems that people are really interested of 
and hearing what's coming before it's actually out there. What's coming? What's new? Right. What do we have to be excited about? Yeah. And, and what do you think of it? Yeah. On that list, though, I would say nothing really shocked me too much. Manufacturing is always a big one. No, I think. Release Wave 2. Right. Yep. And then the upgrading from NAV to Business Central is told by the customer. I think in the long run that might be one of our more popular ones. Yeah, and I think, uh, like I think we said, you know, last month when we had Jim Geo from Triangle Package Machinery here join us and talk about his experiences with Dynamics and moving to Business Central and some of the things he was hoping to get out of it. Uh, I think we, we knew that, you know, customers, people like to hear from other people and, and, and see what, what their thoughts are if they've already gone through it. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I figured that would be pretty, pretty popular. Um, and, and our goal, you know, one of our goals for this year is to, to improve that, to get more guests in here, mm -hmm. right, and Definitely. share more stories and more experiences in, in actually using Business Central and how they do it. Right, yeah. All the better to gain a real perspective on what it is that uh, we do. Yep. So, keeping with that, did you have a favorite segment from 2019? Well, yeah, my favorite segment, again, because I, I do love, I, I, my, my favorite thing about, you know, what I get to do every day is meeting with customers and, and working with them to, to get the most out of Dynamics Business Central. So, for me, it was our session with Jim. Yeah. So meeting with him, talking to him, and get, gaining his perspective, right? Uh, I thought was was one of my favorite highlights of the year. Yeah, it was a good time too. I mean, he's a he's a great guy, so we, we got to have a little bit of fun while also learning from one another. Um, one of my favorite segments, I guess you could say, is I really like the uh, the feature we did with assembly orders versus production orders. One because I got to learn a lot from it. Two, we deal. I mean, not primarily, but we deal heavily with manufacturers here. So it's also, it's really good to gain that knowledge. And, I, you know, I liked it. Did you uh, have anything that you didn't like or do you have more that you liked? Well, my, my um, on a lighter note, one of my, one of my favorite moments of our 2019 podcasts was, I think it was pretty early on, mm -hmm. we were drinking New Belgium's Fat Tire which you referred to as flat tire, which I'm not. I wasn't the beer drinker at that moment, I guess, right? <laughs> I, I guess you weren't too fond of it. So, so uh, yeah. from my recollection, it was actually pretty good. But yeah, if I wasn't fond of it, flat tire would have been a great name. Yeah. I, so I enjoyed you calling that that flat tire. Uh, on, a, on a similar uh, light note, I also do have a, a, a worst, uh, I guess, moment. For uh, me, for, for our you? 2019 podcast, all right, which was the stomach ache that I got <laughs> after we finished doing our podcast when we were drinking the Leinenkugels uh, summer shandies, <laughs> and we were we were drinking we had the uh, the the uh, lemon reg yeah. regular sum, right. summer shandy, but then we also had orange. And yeah, it was like cherry. a three pack of yeah. Right. I wasn't fond of the cherry. The orange. So it got you, huh? Yeah. Oh. I, the, the sweetness of it, um, yeah, did not treat me very well. Really? Yeah. So, so no more Lina Kugel summer shandies for you? Well, the, I think the summer shandies were okay. It was either the volume of the shandies yeah. that I had, or I think it might have been the orange. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's where I, I've pegged it anyway. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
Well, I mean, I guess you know my most embarrassing moment. You already said it with the flat tire. Um, one of my, I guess, favorite moments too, though. Well, I don't want to say favorite, but one of my, uh, I guess it was a good moment. It was actually when you finally got stumped with the Ken uh, Stump segment. The look on your face was priceless because I could see you wanted revenge. <laughs> and you were upset with it. Yeah, but it took a good six months. I mean, I think it was episode six, so that's a little bit of pretty com- good. competitiveness yeah, came yeah. out there. That was that great. Yeah. Did you have any favorite apps or anything that you can recall off the top of your head from 2019? Or maybe the one we're going to discuss today? You know, I think... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the, the, the plus and then the minus. On, on, the, on the positive side, um, not one particular app um, come, came to my mind, but the fact that there were so many apps that became available over yeah. the year, and that when we talked about certain types of apps, that there were so many options. Like, right. for example, we talked about payroll apps, and there was a number of them. We talked about commission mm-hmm. uh, apps, yeah. and there was uh, maybe a half dozen, right. I think, that were available. So for me, that's what I loved is the the variety and the different options that are available out there even today for so many different things. Yeah. Shipping, right? Um, document management. There's a whole bunch of apps. Everything for each thing. apps for food. Yep. For, it goes with Business Central, and I'd say they're probably what. 35 to 70 new apps being put out every month. I mean, yeah, I know we don't have yeah, any at least exact th- numbers. At least 30 a month that yeah. they've been averaging over so the last several good. months. One Can of my favorite apps, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go I ahead. I would say one of my favorite apps was when we did the Clever Documents Links app. Because at the time, there were, there were not too many drag and drop uh, apps. And that one actually surprised me a lot. It was very functional, worked really well. Yep. But it's easy to use. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, one of my uh, one of my favorites was when we did the I think it was a copy and replace app that we tried oh, to do, yeah. and it just didn't even install. Yep. And we got nowhere with it, and we decided, you know what? Should we pick another app? <laughs> no. Let's talk about our experiences with yeah. using AppSource and right. and what are the types of things that maybe you might encounter mm-hmm. uh, as you're out there. So with that app, actually, I tried to install it a couple of days ago again, and it still would not install. Oh, you are a glutton for punishment. Right? Yeah, I just wanted to see. I mean, you know, so I think the version might not have been updated or whatnot. <laughs> um, what about beer? Did you have a favorite beer in 2019? Are you going to go at Zombie Dust? I know you like or favorite, love. Favorite beer. Um, my, my favorite beer yeah. was uh, the Energy City's Brewing Milkshake Naui Pineapple. I really like the Zombie Dust. But something about the pineapple one, I think it's because it completely shocked me in, in how it tasted uh, compared to what I thought it was going to taste like. Just with the name alone, I thought I was going to get like this thick, thick beer with, with a pineapple, with a hint of pineapple, kind of like a pineapple milkshake, I guess, the way, the way it's worded. But uh, I don't know. So when we tried it, it was, it was kind of light, didn't have too much of a pineapple flavor. I uh, I really thought it was was pretty good. I'm gonna go with that same beer. Yeah. Uh, and I think I can, uh, it, because it had everything that a craft beer. Yeah, should pure have. craft beer. It had a funky name. Yeah. It had a ton of flavor. Yeah. Uniqueness 
made by a small brewer. Right. Um, you know, with with a lot a wide variety of different types of unique beers. Yeah. Um, a, a relatively high price point. Mm-hmm. I think. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it kind of had it all. So I, I think it, it was like a great, you know, craft beer for us to, to kind of focus on. Yeah, it was really good. So, that's my countdown. Um, too much yeah, stuff. I think so kind of like as we kind of like, you know, so to recap, you know, looking at the last year, I think, you know, part of what we're going to be looking to do over the next uh, year here is make sure that we're focusing on what's the, uh, what's new, the feature previews and mm-hmm. the new in the feature reviews yeah. that talks about what's coming and what's new and in our in our feedback on that and, and takeaways from it. Um, and then also some sessions that focus on the the more complex topics like we talked about assembly versus production orders right um you know maybe this year uh, we'll focus on some of those similar type of more complex topics that maybe uh, an online training video is not going to uh, provide you the level of depth yeah on the coverage of of the pros and the cons and the implications of using it a certain way maybe so right yeah, and I think we're also going to try to bring in some more people as well. Yeah. Get more perspective. So. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay tuned for the next uh, segment, which is going to be the shot of Business Central. We are back with the shot of Business Central. Uh, we've got some interesting news planned for today. First of all, we want to start out with Microsoft has released the dates for the upcoming 2020 release wave one. Uh, that is planned. So the first date is January 27, 2020, which is when the release plans will be available. So you'll be able to see the features, what functionality, what 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 all is coming in the first part of, uh, or I guess April 1st for general availability. The next date is February 3rd, 2020, which is when they're saying saying early access will be available. Now, as my trusty co-host pointed out. When they say early access, they are most likely not meaning for Business Central. Uh, it could be for one of the other, you know, uh, softwares that are being updated at the time. And what we're seeing is for early access, it's probably I don't know what would you say, three to four weeks. Couple of weeks after that, couple of weeks before before the general availability date. Yeah. That a preview is, has been available. Right. At least for the last two wave releases that have come out, the, the wave one and wave two for 2019, um, we saw that users could go in and create a sandbox for that new preview version yeah. a couple to a few weeks ahead of the general availability date, right. but definitely not as far back. Because that release plan document covers all of the Dynamics products. Yeah. So there may be other Dynamics products where the, where the early preview is available much earlier. Yeah. Uh, but for Business Central, at least historically so far, we're seeing that it's really just a couple weeks. So mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't go um, out into your admin center and thinking you're going to create a preview sandbox right. on, February in, 3rd. on February 3rd. Yeah, it's most likely um, not going to happen. Probably not. Now, maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, maybe. And, and that would be great. <laughs> but I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't expect that. And same holds true for the general availability date of April 1st. It's most likely not going to be April 1st when your, your tenant is, is updated. 
we're seeing anywhere from let's just say three to six weeks after right. so somewhere along there you might you might get the update yep but yeah do not expect it on april 1st right. so i like that they've put out the the stuff already letting us know the dates pretty early on and uh it's coming fast crazy yeah i think so it's exciting because our our next podcast will will be after the 27th so on our next podcast we're going to be able to share a lot of what's planned for the wave one yeah. 2020 release pretty so that's pretty crazy that's exciting and then uh i know you want to talk a little bit about app uh deployment and upgrades what yeah. do you got for us yeah so one of the one of the um things that uh May, may have, you know, if you're using Business Central Cloud, uh, and as you've gone through the updates uh, during 2019, uh, you may have uh, experienced this issue, uh, which is that when your environment gets upgraded to the newest release, some of your extensions are uninstalled, okay. while other extensions or apps remain installed. So what's the what's the deal what gives well um, I, I came across an article uh, from Microsoft MVP uh, Mohana Krishna Yadav hope I pronoun I'm pronouncing that correctly but I want to give credit where credit's due um, posted a, a, a blog article um, that basically points out that the determining factor that says, you know, is an app or an extension going to get uninstalled when, it, when an update is applied, it depends how that extension or app is deployed. If it was deployed by going into Business Central, opening extensions and choosing the upload extension option, then that extension will remain installed. However, if you have a developer who is developing an extension and they're deploying the extension directly from Visual Studio Code, those are not allowed to be installed. So those are the ones being uninstalled during updates. It's interesting. I'd like to actually do a little bit more research to see why that is. Yep. Um, yeah, so the takeaway, at least, you know, and, and who knows, may, again, maybe that'll change in the future, but at least the takeaway now is one, you know, just understand that, that, that there is a reason, there is, a, you know, logic behind the madness. Yeah. But also that um, if you can, use the extension management page in Business Central to upload new versions of extensions and upload new extensions. Because what you don't want, you don't want, right, every time an update gets applied, over time, you may end up with 10 or 20 or 50 extensions in your Business Central environment. You don't want those being uninstalled and having to go reinstall those uh, every time an update's applied. Yeah. So I thought that was a really, really helpful article. So I thought yeah, it's definitely should, a great we tip. should share that. Definitely uh, a great tip. And I wonder if, like you said, over time when you get so many extensions and whatnot, if it's going to be any sort of an issue when you're uninstalling 50 extensions and then it's trying to reinstall them back. Yeah, it's updated it, it might be. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if I have fifty, but I might have close to that. Yeah. In in my in one of my environments, and I have not had any issues with my environment being updated uh, on a regular basis. Mo, mo, a lot of mine are apps. I do have some custom extensions that mm -hmm. I that are in there, uh, but, but no uh, issues so far. No. Nice. Sounds good. Also. Uh, Next on the list, I guess, would be the database 
export. Yeah, so one of the one of the new features that, that came out, I believe it was with the 2019 Wave 2 release, was the ability to create an export of your Business Central database. And how this is done is within the Business Central Admin Center, uh, if you open up one of your environments, actually it's only your production environment. Okay. So you can only, first of all, do a, a database export for your production environment. Okay. Uh, so you have a new option to uh, called Create Database Export. So when this first was announced and within the documentation, it was kind of vague. You know, yeah. what, what does this mean? What I can just create a SQL database, like a backup file? That's exactly what I would think. And then the I can just video. restore that onto like a local SQL Express yeah. and, and, and run reports or what, what you, is that? So you're saying you're going, to, you're going to be the bearer of bad news that it's not that simple? Well, it is not that simple. <laughs> um, but um, so what, you, what it does is it uses Azure C SQL. Uh, so you, in order to do this, uh, you have to have an Azure portal account yeah. and create an Azure uh, SQL kind of database container uh, to hold the database. And then when you go in and select this create database export option, you can pick the, uh, the parameters of what, what, what your file name is, what your container name is on, on SQL Azure. Uh, and then you can, you can uh, export. export your database into that SQL Azure environment. Wow. Okay. Um, so it sounds a little bit more complicated than... Yeah, I, I think I probably most of our customers that we work with uh, on Business Central Cloud probably are going to need our help. Mm -hmm. So that's something that definitely if you're, uh, if, you, if you're not sure what that might entail, contact your partner. Yeah. Uh, they should be able to walk you through those steps of what's required, what's required to do that. Um, probably will be some fees, right? Because you're, you're using course. Azure SQL database services. Right. So you're going to have at least some storage fees uh, to, to use that service uh, on Azure. And also, the last little thing is that um, there is a note on here where it's, it's keeping track. Uh, it says each environment is limited to 10 exports per month. Uh, and then it actually shows me this environment has 10 exports remaining for this month. So it's actually tracking how many times you've exported the database. Now, what's your take on the number they give you, 10 per month? I, I think what they're, I, I'm not sure. I didn't see anything specifically on it. But I'm pretty sure what they're what they're looking looking to avoid people doing is creating a database export like on a on a high frequency, yeah. maybe every hour or, or more often. So they're actually like replicating the business central database okay. in a SQL Azure environment. I, I think they, they, they want to avoid that because that would put a lot of load or stress. Yeah. On the on business the central environment, yeah. um, so I think they're they're trying to to limit that by just saying ten a month. Uh, you know, you can create ten kind of backup copies on a monthly basis. Um, yeah, you know. But like you said, it's also definitely something that your partner would have to get involved with and and help you out. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, if you're tech, if you if you have someone in your organization who's technically competent, or like an IT person, yeah. or or someone who's familiar with Azure. They definitely can go do it, you yeah. know, for you. You don't have to use your partner to do it. Right. But, you know, most of our customers who are using Business Central, right? They they love Business Central because they, they don't need an, an IT staff. 
they don't have to have a dedicated IT resource to do these things for them, mm -hmm. right? It's a cloud getting updated yeah. automatically. There's no yeah. software to install. All those great things that come with it being a cloud application, right, means that they probably don't have that IT person who, who, who understands that. So. Right, and speaking of having your partner help out and being technically savvy and, and adapt and whatnot, there is this, uh, I guess, website out there called Microsoft Learn. This is gonna be a pretty good segue into our next, next segment. So Microsoft Learn offers between, I don't know, 102 to 105 training videos, what we last saw. And uh, would you say it's pretty good at giving you a, would you say high level overview of, of Business Central modules or is it more in depth than high level overview? I think it's more in depth than high level. Okay. I think, uh, so I, I kind of went, we, we touched on this during our last, mm -hmm. uh, we kind of introduced the, the Microsoft Learn yeah. uh, last month. And we went in, we kind of talked about how there's about 102 or 105 modules. Right. Um, and so we, but we, we kind of left it at that. So, but we, I, we dug a little bit deeper uh, over the last month on this. And what I found was I, d I did a little tally here. I went in and, and I looked at all of the different modules. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that there's over 7,100 minutes of videos. Free videos, right? Free videos available wow. on Business Central. That's amazing. So over 102 mod modules, that's 118 hours of video-based training for Business Central. That's thousands and thousands of dollars saved. So the average module, you're talking about almost 70 minutes, yeah. um, right? So about an hour per module. Some are th a lot of them are 30 to 40 minutes, mm -hmm. but some of them are three hours or three and a half hours. So they get very in-depth. So very in-depth. So this is not, um, you know, something where it's, you know, here, here's how you open the system and here's what a role center is. Yeah. This is like, for example, um, I, I, I went ahead and, and went through the course. I'm like, what's something that's not typical? What's something that not every customer uses? And, and what came to mind was the, a feature called item charges where you can take like, let's say inbound, inbound handling, inbound shipping or freight, mm -hmm. and you can take a, an invoice from a freight vendor and you can actually apply that invoice to previously received inventory that came from a different vendor. Um, so these are called item charges. So I went out and I did a search. There's a, there's a whole uh, module or course little, uh, that where I got a badge for, item for passing item charges. It was wow. a five-minute video, walk through how to, how to create a new purchase document, create the item charge line, what the different options are for assigning the item charges, posted the transaction and showed the results and how it created value entries uh, to assign. And then when I was done, I, it kind of walks you through. So there's also some, some traditional uh, documentation okay. that you can read through if you want. And then at the end, you can take a little test. So I took a four question test and I passed. <laughs> nice. Four out of four. First try. Thank you very much, first try. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, and then when I passed the test, it said, congratulations, you earned a badge. Oh, real nice. So I, I got my first, so feel good my about first it too. badge. That's great. You know? Congratulations. Um, and it checks it off. Now, if you're gonna 
do, uh, I actually did this, I started it and I was not logged in. So, oh, and, and I took the item, I went through the item charges topic, it took about uh, under 10 minutes yeah. to go through the whole thing. And then at the end, it said you've earned a badge to, to, to but if you need, if you want to get your badge, you need to sign in. Right. So, so at that track. point, I actually signed in and then it applied the, my badge yeah. uh, to my account. Nice. So let's just say you were a customer. From a customer's perspective, do you think that they could go in, <clears throat> do this training, and, and not need the help of a partner for whatever it is and, and, and just be an expert on whatever the topic is that they want? Um, I, I do. Okay. So with, with kind of an, a caveat. So if a customer, let's take, let's stick with this item charges example. Mm -hmm. If we assume that the customer knows that they want to deploy the item charges feature within Business Central, then this is an effective tool to teach them how to do that. Okay. But the problem is what we are, in our experience anyway, a, a, a user isn't going to know that they need to use the item charges feature to assign those inbound purchasing uh, freight to their inventory cost, right? right? So what they're going to say is they're they're going to they're going to uh, typically contact us and say, "Hey, I got this vendor for my freight. I would like to add this freight bill." to the value of my inventory because that's actually part of the cost of my, my inventory. So I want it to become part of my cost of goods sold. Is there a way I can do that in Business Central? And we would say, yeah, it's called item charges. Okay. Now, historically, we then would have had to provide 15 minutes of training or 30 mm -hmm. minutes of training on how that item charge feature works yeah. and answer their questions. What I think is cool now is that we can do that. We can say, yeah, you want to use the item charges feature. The customer now has the opportunity to go out to Microsoft Learn, pull up, find the item charges, walk through it, go into their sandbox, set it up, test it out, make sure they like how it works, and then deploy it. And then if they have any questions, then they can contact us and say, hey, I was using this, but we have this scenario where we need to apply the freight to transfer orders. Mm -hmm. Does it work? Can I do that, right? Or, or whatever the question might be. Right. So what do you think the overall consensus would be then from partners with Microsoft putting out free training material? Right. Do you think they're gonna be for it, against it? I mean, is it gonna cut into their money-making abilities? What do you think? Yeah, his, so historically, as a Microsoft partner, you know, we've been selling Mike Dynamics for years, a significant portion of our revenue came from training, training new customers and existing customers right. on how to use the software. Um, and so, yeah, there is that element. But what's I think is different today is people's expectations that they sh they're not going to have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Either because they, they believe that they are just gonna be able to figure it out on their own, 
Right, I think the expectation of out-of-the-box software. Which is, I, I personally believe is unrealistic. Yeah. Or that there are free training tools available. Right. Which they can now... Find whatever they want on YouTube. Right, which now is the case. So, and, and yeah, there is what's, there's always been what's available on YouTube, but yeah, you got to do some work sometimes to find the right video. You might spend 30 minutes looking at garbage Right. Until you finally come upon something that's useful. Yeah. Um, now Microsoft is 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 doing it. They're making sure it's it's, you know, complete mm -hmm. and accurate. So they're uh, just adapting with the times. I mean, I they want to so. be the the one who's giving the information, who's educating the the consumer, as opposed to some random person. Right. I right. And and as a partner, you know, and, and as a customer too, I, I think. It's important that they know that there are all of these tools available out there. I mean, there's stuff, I mean, from everything, from, from setting up your environment, setting up your chart of accounts, creating vendors, creating customers, creating new purchase orders, creating journal entries, running financial statements, um, creating data sets to use with Power BI. Yeah. All of this, it's all there. 7,000 minutes wow. of video-based training, that's there today. I, who knows how much will how much more they'll be adding right, right over time uh, so you know the, now for so for our from our perspective as a partner we always want to be here to answer any questions so what do I think what do I think the end result is I think the end result is that these videos Microsoft learn these tools that they provide will be useful for 80 to 90 percent of what customers need to know. Okay. The 10 to the 10 to 20 percent that they will not be be able to get answered through here are um, exceptions. Mm -hmm. You know, well, this is great, but we do it this way. Right. Or what about this? Right. Um, those things, or where we really provide value, and maybe it's that only that 10%, and that's great if that's all we're gonna do, is the guidance on should we use this feature? Makes sense. Or should we use that feature? Or does this make sense for us to do it this way or that way? Right. Kind of the business process consulting um, on, on features, mm -hmm. right? A common one we talked about earlier today was, should I be using assembly orders or production orders? There's videos out there that's going to show you how to create an assembly bomb and process an assembly order. Mm -hmm. But you don't is, know if it's the right one. is that what you should be using or should you be doing the, the production yeah. bomb? You still need an right. expert. I think so. I think to be, because Business Central is, it's a full, it's a very robust application. And especially when it comes to inventory management. There are a lot of features and capabilities and options for how you set up and configure the system that will significantly change your workflow, yeah. especially in the area of warehouse management. How you define your location. If you open your location card, for example, mm -hmm. there's a, a, a warehouse tab, and on that tab, there's a bunch of checkbox fields. You know, one is bin mandatory, uh, require pick, require warehouse shipment, require put away, require warehouse receipt. What do those fields do? Yeah, you're not gonna And, and what's the impact of using those on your workflow? And can I use those with lots and serial numbers, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Right. You're not going to know. Right? Yeah, you, you definitely need the help of a partner or an expert. Right. Know? Somebody's so, got a little bit of expertise. So, the, so those are the things. So, so overall, I love that this is all out there. It's de- it's a tool that we as a partner will use to make sure people are up to speed on, on certain features and capabilities as we definitely. hire, bring new people on board. Um, but but also to, to, to just be able to point customers to these and go, oh, you want to learn about dimensions? Go out to Microsoft Learn. Spend an hour watching that video and then call me and let me know what questions you have. Right. So it's a great starting point. Might even save them a little bit of money. But um, so, it's a, so it's a great tool. We are in agreement. Agreement. Uh, and with that, that wraps up our shot at Business Central, unless you've got any more breaking news or anything. No, I, I think uh, I'm just already looking forward to our, our next shot next month. We're going to hopefully be hammering through what's new yeah. in this next uh, April 1 release coming yep. up. A lot of features and everything. So, All right, stay tuned. We're, next, we're going to be uh, talking about an assisted search app. Back with our next segment, which we're going to be talking about a feature of Business Central, and it's a very popular feature. A lot of people always want to know how to build custom reports uh, in Business Central, and our go-to is usually to tell them to and show them how to use Power BI integrated with Business Central. Uh, there's a lot of other options out there. Jet Reports comes to mind. Um, Anything else off the top of your head? Well, you can just build a build a custom report right yeah. within Business Central using an extension. Right. So just take a like if you want a modified, let's say uh, like a sales, just a sales analysis report mm-hmm. to look analyze your sales by salesperson or something. Um, you could just build a custom report, um, but that you need a developer. Yeah. To do that using Visual Studio Code and you're deploying an extension. Right, now building the customer report with Business Central and Power BI, you're basically using the assisted setup feature and it's walking you through and whatnot, right? Yeah, so so you know the, the question is, okay, so I, w- I wanna analyze my sales data. Uh, you know, I wanna maybe look at it by salesperson, I wanna maybe look at it by territory or dimension, whatever. Um, so yeah, Power BI, as, you know, as you know, Michael and others here, that business uh, Power BI is is integrated within Business Central. Mm-hmm. So right within your Business Central pages, you see Power BI graphs right. and reports. Um, and there is a there is a a page you can use your search within Business Central, and you can open up a page called Web Services. And the Web Services page lists a bunch probably, I don't know, 50 to 100 different pages and queries that are in here that are, are basically ways that you can pull the data from Business Central. And so a lot of these are, are already existing due to existing Power BI reports right. that, they, that Microsoft has created. Um, but you can use the assisted setup to build your own web service. So let's say, let's go through, we'll walk through here for the purpose of this podcast, a a little example. So let's say that um, you want to look at your sales by customer and by date and by salesperson. So we would decide that the best approach for that would be to use customer ledger entries. 
And let's say, okay, well, I don't see a web service for customer ledger entries out there, so we need to build a new one. So you can go into assisted setup, and there's, a, there's an assisted setup out there, and it is called set up reporting data, which is kind of an odd name, but okay. um, you know, I get it. Okay, so we're gonna set up reporting data. So I'm gonna click on that link, uh, and say yes I want to run this and it opens a little wizard and it walks you through some steps and what we're actually building here is a data set for Power BI okay so I'm gonna say I'm gonna click next I want to I can either create a new data set I can create a copy of an existing data set or I can edit an existing one that I've already created uh, so I can just create a new one and then I give it a new name, customer ledger entries maybe, whatever I want to call it. Uh, my, my source is going to be a page, uh, or it could be a query. So okay. what the difference between a page and a query, a page is one table of data, right? It's customers, it's ledger entries, it's, it's whatever. It's one table of data. Okay. A query is a type of object that can exist within Business Central that pre-links and joins multiple tables together to kind of create a flattened data set. So the query kind of can take some of the work out of building a report for you ahead of time, but you, you typically would need a developer to build a query. Okay, so, so you're gonna go with page. Then we're gonna go with page usually, right? Okay. So we'll pick page, and then there's a table source ID, or data source ID. This gives you the list of every table in the Business Central database. And there's a little search box up at the top, and I can type in part of my name, uh, customer ledger entry or whatever, right? Um, and I'll, it'll kind of narrow down that view so I can find uh, what I'm looking for. So for example, customer ledger entries is page 25. Okay. So I'm gonna click on there, I'm gonna say okay, and then I'm gonna click next. The next field is it gives me a list it says, what fields do you want to include from the customer ledger entry table in your data set? And, and some of them are pre-checked for me. I can go in, I can check or uncheck different fields determined based on what I want to add in here. Now what's also cool is there's a button on the field list called Add Filters. So in the example here where we want to look at sales for customer ledger entries, there are two types of customer ledger entries. There's invoices and yep. then there's payments. Okay. There's also credit memos, a couple other right. ones. We only want to look at invoices and credit memos. So I'm going to click add filters and I get a list of a bunch of fields, any field really, that I can filter my data on. So I'm going to pick document types, invoice and credit memo. And then I'm going to hit publish. Okay. Publish is going to create that web service, and it's gonna create an, an OData URL. That's that address that I'm gonna to connect to from within Power BI. So that's what's used then to pull in your, right. your information? That's, that's how I connect to my business central okay. data. So it allows it to read. Right? So that's kind of step one. Now step two is, I'm gonna use the Power BI desktop. Mm -hmm. So there's Power BI is a web-based app, Right, you can run it on any device. Mm -hmm. But there is a tool called the Power BI Desktop that you install, and we would recommend that you use this if you're building reports. 
Uh, it's much more feature rich than right. than using the online report writer. Right. Right, so anyone can download and set up and use the Power BI desktop for free. Yep, never free account. So what I'm gonna do is now I'm in the Power BI desktop, I'm gonna click on Get Data. And in the Get Data page, I see a list of all these different types of databases and files and ways that I can, things I can use as my data source. Up on the very top box, I'm just gonna type in Business Central. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see on the results, I'm just going to click on Dynamics 365 Business Central and click on Connect. It's going to authenticate me and make sure that I have a valid connection. And then it's going to pull up a list of my environments. So in my environment, I have a production environment and I have a sandbox environment. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this out of my production environment. So I'm going to click on Production. Then under there, I see a list of my companies in my business central environment. I'm gonna click on my Cronus USA company. And then I see a list of all of my web services. All those pages that I published as web services are there. So the and, same ones for business central are there, huh? Right. Nice. And there's my new one that I just created. And I know you can't see this right now through the podcast, but. We'll have a video though, which shows. Yeah, we're exactly gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna take a video of this exact exercise we're walking through yep. and we'll put it up on the podcast site Definitely. Uh, afterwards in case you want to actually watch this uh, in action. Okay, so what it does then is it's actually going to build my data set in Power BI and pull in all my fields. Wow. So now I can just drag, you know, I want customer number, I want my amount, I want my uh, a date filter here, right? I can add all those different pieces of information. I want salesperson code, right? All these things are, are on here. Um, so I'm now now built started building my report. I can save my report. I can publish my report. Um, Change the visualizations. Right. I can create a, 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 a right a data grid. I can do a map view, bar charts, yep. all different kinds of visualizations. Right. Very simple. And if I add more um, charts, they are all automatically integrated. So here's an so kind of advanced part two. <laughs> Let's say that I want to, I don't want to just see the salesperson code. I want to see their the salesperson name. Okay. Well, the salesperson name field is not on the customer ledger entry. So what I need to do is I need to create another new web service or data set in Business Central for my salesperson table. Okay. Then I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna publish that, pull that into this data set and link those two tables together. And uh, then you'll be able to have. And there's a button on top called, um, where you can hit model and you can connect your fields together and then now I can pull my salesperson's name in. So you actually can build reports that are utilizing multiple tables. Right. And you're able to define what those relationships are between the tables right within Power BI. And you can literally build a report, what, 10 minutes, I guess, if, if that. <laughs> Once you do it the first under time. there, yeah. It's pretty amazing. We'll see how long, however long my video is yeah. uh, that I publish. I mean, I'm going to add a bunch of different, I'll add a bunch of different visualizations yeah. and, and some filters, and I'll go through those steps of adding the second uh, web service and stuff into but there. Very simple, very, very powerful. 
and then from there, I don't know if you want to talk about it, you can actually publish it to your uh, Power BI in the cloud then your, with your Office 365. Correct. And if you have Power BI Pro, you can share it to other people and let them see your report and, and That's right. have a little bit more control over it that, that way. Yep. Right. Yeah, the Power BI Pro is more useful for sharing. It adds more security because mm -hmm. uh, you can share with people under your same domain name. Right. Right, so it adds some security there. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, you know, it's really, really quick and easy to do. Again, touching, going back to our last segment, you, there are Microsoft Learn videos out there also that, that talk about all these, this whole process of creating that data set, using the assisted setup, and then using Power BI to create reports. Very nice. Very, very nice. Well, there you have it. A report created by Ken within five to ten minutes. Uh, like he said, we're going to have a video for you in the show notes, so stay tuned for that. Next, we're going to talk about the uh, clever global search app that we found in AppSource. So, stay tuned. Right, thank you. All right. So, uh, this month, we're talking about the app available out on AppSource called Clever Search or Clever Global Search. And um, there are multiple uh, search apps out there on AppSource. And you might say, well, why are there search apps out there? Can't I search for data within Business Central? And the answer is, yes, you can if you know what you're searching for. So, for example, if I know I'm looking for uh, a customer, I might pull up a list of customers and then do a search. Or if I know I'm looking up a list of items, I might pull up the item list and then do a search. But sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. You might have a customer on the phone and they have a, a number they're giving you and you're not sure if it's their order number or their PO number or maybe it's a shipment number, um, but they're asking questions about it. So the benefit of the global search is it allows you to search across multiple tables at the same time from one user interface. Think of like a Google search, right? Mm -hmm. You type in, I'm, I'm searching for PO1234, and it goes out and it looks across all these different websites. Same concept in Business Central, the global search tool will search across multiple tables. Could be customer item, orders, shipments, invoices, credit memos, uh, and it finds any records where it matches those values that you found. Uh, so that's kind of the value of, or reason that someone might wanna use a, a global search tool within Business Central. Michael, you installed it? Yep. What'd you think? So, the installation to me was a breeze. Uh, within 10 minutes, I'd say, maybe a couple minutes less, I was able to search for what I wanted. Searching was fast and precise, which goes back to Ken talking about how you can choose which tables and whatnot you want to search. It definitely uh, speeds up the search. I like that during the setup, when I was choosing which tables and records that I want to search, I can use something called a table filter which allows me to not have certain things shown within the search. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, 
So all in all, yeah, setup process was really good. I didn't get too much into the obfuscation. Ob how do you say it? Ob obfuscation? Obfuscation. Yeah. You think? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not, I don't use be. that word too often. Yeah, me either. But I didn't get too much into that part. I know Ken tried it out a little bit, had some, had some issues with it. It's really for being GDPR uh, compliant. Um, but yeah, all in all, one of the better apps for installation. Simple, smooth, no issues whatsoever. Worked great. I'd highly recommend it. Uh, it's from, like, like Ken said, Clever Dynamics, or Clever, what is it? Yep. Yeah, Clever Dynamics. Great price point. If you're running Business Central Cloud, it's under $20 a month. Right. Uh, it's, and it's not user-based. It's just system-based. So uh, regardless of how many users you have or how many tables you want to search across or how many fields, it, none of that matters. Yeah. It's just a single one time, once per month fee. Uh, very, very well priced. Yeah. Um, something I think a lot of people can benefit from because it's a kind of a horizontal solution. Exactly. So no matter what your industry is or what you're doing, yeah. um, you know, you, you can use it. You um, want to talk a little bit about your experience with obfuscation? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> right. It's a common word. I mean, you know, it's not so a common So what do you mean? I want to obfuscate my data? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of had to look it up and I checked out their website. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's like in Europe, there's yeah. a whole new data privacy rules. Right. Uh, acronym is GDPR uh, for that. And, and, and what, it, what it appears to do is um, it, it masks or, or hides that data, the fields that you want to obfuscate <laughs> and it uh, so it, what it does is it kind of replaces these values with like a number series that you can set up yeah. so that it kind of masks the values uh, so that if there's data that cannot be shared right. uh, with certain people you're obfuscating your data uh, and then right. behind the scenes it's keeping track of what those original values were um, yeah, I, I played around with it uh, briefly. I ended up so losing so you some need of a little my bit fields. More time. I, you definitely, if you're going to use that feature, I think maybe read the training <laughs> yeah. materials or watch a video on how to use it and set it up. Before trying it. But before I messed with the obfuscation <laughs> uh, setup, um, I, I was able to set up seven or eight tables with about you know, a half a dozen fields on each table. And like you said, installed it and, and immediately used it real quickly and effectively. Yeah, worked great. Um, so. I really want to know how they're indexing their stuff, though. I'm curious as to as to how they're able to search so quickly, especially being a cloud product. But right, it, it definitely looks know. like they're doing something because when when you right, did you see when you set up a couple tables and fields when you when you leave the uh, the setup page. It, it tells you that it has to build the search index. Yeah. Would you like to do this now? And I think, I don't even know if you, know if you have a choice. Uh, I think you, you just do. say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, went, it was pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, how, how it did it. Um, 15, 20 seconds. Tops. But then, yeah, you just have a, a page called Global Search. And like search for, you put in the value, and then it shows you all the different results that have a yeah. match. Um, Came so, back today, tried it, worked just as good as it did yesterday. Pretty so. slick. I even already added the uh, bookmark, oh, bookmark that list nice. page, so that now shows up right on my role center. Nice. Uh, so I can just come in here and hit my global search anytime I want. So if anybody has any questions or whatnot, we are a Clever Dynamics uh, partner. 
uh, reach out to us. We'll yep. be able to help and you. These are, it's it is available for Business Central on-premise and cloud. Nice. Stay tuned for our next segment, which is going to be the closing segment. Back for the closing segment of A Shot of Business Central. Um, it's been a fun time. Had a blast. I know we need to review our beers and, and, and talk about that or whatnot. I'm going to let you go first with your beer review because... Uh, well, let me put it to you this way, Michael. <laughs> do, you, do you have any pretzels or anything over there? I don't know. Because I'd, I'd like to obfuscate the taste <laughs> of this beer. He wants to obfuscate. <laughs> Render it obsolete. <laughs> That's great. So it's not growing on you is what you're saying? No, no, it no. didn't. I, I kind of, it, I got, I, I, it kind of, as I'm drinking it, I get, I detect notes of perhaps like someone had dropped a matchbox car <laughs> in my beer. And then I let it sit for maybe an hour and then drank it. God, it just reminds me of well water. Irony well water. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I it kind of tastes like it was made. You mean the like the pump? The pump one, yeah, at the yeah. park, and you, yeah, you yeah, pump yeah, it, exactly. and the water comes out. And it's just so. I think they use that water to make, it. To make this beer. Those Canadians. <laughs> uh, my review is not going to be that bad, <laughs> so I wouldn't say it's. Well, what would you give it on a scale? Forty. Forty. Is that your lowest rated beer yet? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I've not I've not gone even close to below fifty. But I'm going to go 40, and the reason I'm going 40 is because I I, I just pictured, um, you know, my 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 fridge in my basement, right? Bunch Stocked. of bunch of drinks in there. You got some soda, some water, a bunch of beer. If if this bottle was sitting in there, it would sit there <laughs> until someday in the future. Where I just had to open it and pour it out. <laughs> and the power's out for about two weeks, and now you know it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, no one's going to drink this at yeah. this point, right? 40, wow. That's pretty bad. So I, I did not get the irony taste that you got. I definitely got the banana taste. And it got stronger as it got more warm, so I'm not a big fan of that. So I'm going to go, my lowest was 50 with a cherry beer. I'm going to go 60. To me, if it's below 50, I can't drink a glass. So I'm going to go solid 60. It's not not the worst I've had, not the best I've had, but... Yeah, I'm trying to picture, like, you know, if I opened up my fridge and I saw this, and then, I don't know, there was a Coors Light, I'd grab the Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, There's not too many things, Maybe even a Bud Light, that's close, but I think... Nah, I wouldn't go that far. You know, (laughs) I'm trying to picture what other... Definitely all of the beers that we've had so far, I for sure would have grabbed first. Um, yeah. I guess I it depends I, what day it is. The, the, the chocolate stout yeah. we had was pretty heavy. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. So, you know, it depends what kind of, what kind of mood I was in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's not horrible. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm picturing a day here where, where I'm going to give it like a 10 or a 20. You know, yeah. Eventually something, right? Yeah. Um, so it's drinkable. Right. Not I'm, I'm not going to go for it. I'm not going to grab yeah, it. Yeah, to me, it's definitely not a winter beer. I'd be more inclined to drink it in summer. Like, if if, if we were if I was out grilling somewhere, whatever, and somebody handed it to me, I'd drink it. You know what I mean? It, it, it would be okay. I'd, but I'm not going to choose to choose to drink it. 
if there was nothing else to drink, I would drink yeah. it. So uh, this was given to us by our colleague Elena, who's going to break the news to her. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a, maybe I, should I? It's hard to let her listen to the apologize. <laughs> Well, we'll know if she heard the podcast then if she says something. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we just want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in. We, uh, we talked about the Business Central News with what we had. We looked over the uh, Clever uh, Dynamics Global Search app. Ken talked about uh, Business Central reporting with uh, creating Business Central reports with Power BI and, and, and whatnot. And uh, oh, we also talked about the... Microsoft Learning uh, website with all the training capabilities and everything. I miss anything, Ken? No, I'm just uh, I'm gonna throw a video out there uh, of the uh, how to build custom reports using Power BI and uh, successful with our app selection this month. Yeah, so that was cool. Definitely. And then uh, looking we'll forward of... looking forward to next month already. Yeah, a lot more news. So, thank you guys for joining us this month. We invite you to join us next month for a new episode. Until then, keep making smarter decisions and accelerating your growth with Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central.